Hello, and welcome to Bangers, a video game podcast where we talk about games in which you shoot things. Good games, bad games, mad games. This time, we invite you to enter our magical realm. Also, Ziggurat. five wizards can i have some honorable mentions afterwards as well you can indeed five the uh the fifth best wizard is edwin adesarum from the Baldur's gate series good wizard not only is he like statistically the best wizard in the game um he's also like entertainingly evil in quite a funny way four the fourth best wizard is Khadgar from the Warcraft games because he just relentlessly trolls players. In Burning Crusade, he makes you follow a slow-moving fart for a quest. (laughs) (laughs) Three! Um, And then in Warlords of Draenor, he makes you collect, like, a ridiculously specific number of, like, it's like 1,000... 472 gems not because he needs the gems but because he feels that like that would be a funny thing to make you do (laughs) he only needs one excellent good wizard um he also invents a ball that contains an image of his head that he uses to talk to you despite having like other means that he could talk to you with and this is only wizard four what what is wizard three gonna be well wizard three is uh mythical merlin um which is a little bit of a cheat because he's actually like three people okay tell us about that there's the merlin from the celtic myth who he's like the half son of a god and then there's the merlin from the christian myth he's the child of the devil and a nun nice um, and his power is that he he has all these wizards' power, but he's actually like a good Christian, so he uses the devil's power for good. Okay. And he helps ki- helps King Arthur, and he's all helpful and nice. And then there's the one from like the high medieval and nineteenth century myth, who everyone knows. Um, he's the one with the sword and the stone and all the chivalry and advice. Two. Wizard number two. It's Koshi the Deathless, who is, he's from Russian and Eastern European folklore. He is like the prototypical lich. Um, he has stored his soul away in a needle that he's then hidden in a stack of needles. You can cut him up and he'll find his way back together. That's cool. And there's whole loads of, there's several different myths about various uh, Russian princes having to get rid of Koshi the Deathless. That's a pretty good number two. One. My favourite wizard um, is a bit corny. My favourite wizard is the librarian from Discworld. I don't think that's corny. I think that's nice. I think it's really nice because he turned himself into an orangutan and he decided that he preferred being an orangutan. I think that's just really nice. I think we all would deep down. Why are we talking about wizards, James? We are playing Ziggurat which is a 2014 game developed by Milkstone Studios, uh, published on Steam. 
Yeah, it came out on Steam for uh, Windows, OS X, Linux. There is an Xbox One version. There's a PlayStation 4 version. There's even a Wii U version. I actually played the GOG version. Oh, cool. I played on PS4, on my PS4 Pro. Ziggurat is a first-person, wizard-themed, roguelike shooter. Possibly roguelite shooter, and that's a discussion. You brought this one to the table, and I was immediately really taken with it, because it looks and feels like Heretic and Hexen, in a way. It's very inspired by 90s shooters, and I love that because I'd absolutely adore a modern-day heretic, and that's what I thought Ziggurat was going to be. I think that's another thing that has coloured our opinions of it a bit. I think we were going in expecting it to be something that it wasn't. I think that's fair, but Ziggurat is very clear on what it is. It You go room to room, defeating creatures... You upgrade your character, you complete, a, you find the boss key for a floor, you beat the boss, and then you're on to the next floor. There are five floors, and once you've done the fifth floor, you've completed the run. I think we should probably do about a minute on the story here. The story of this game was, I thought really disappointingly shallow you are an apprentice of a wizard uh, a wizarding group cult and you have to go into the ziggurat and this is sort of like your trial at the end it's of the... an exam for wizards yeah at the end of the ziggurat you will be faced with the uh, the judge jury and executioner who is your last challenge and if you beat them then you are a, a fully fledged and paid up wizard you're a brother of Daedalon. I thought it was a bit naff. What did you think? I I actually quite liked the premise. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised that it just played it straight. I don't think, as it's presented, Ziggurat is a game that could have carried off a twist. Well, it kind of has a twist. And the twist is that once you complete a run with a character... That character then unlocks like an endless mode uh, because everything goes a bit tits up once you complete the run and you're transported to this uh, this other place and that's sort of your, your invitation to the endless mode of Ziggurat. And that's about it. That's all that the story really has. Do you want to add anything more to it? Again, I, I was really disappointed with it. I, I, I wanted a lot more from it. I wasn't really disappointed with the story. It kind of serves its purpose. It works for the type of game they're going for. It doesn't like inspire me massively, but it's not it's not actively bad. So I'm fine with it. It's fine. It's it's there is what it is. The story for Ziggurat is there. Ziggurat is a first-person shooter, traverse rooms, find the boss key, beat the boss, move on to the next floor, rinse and repeat. I think 
The game it's easiest to compare this to is Binding of Isaac. It is exactly the same gameplay loop as Binding of Isaac. Yeah, and I suppose a lot of um, roguelikes... Or roguelike-likes. Roguelike-likes. Can we come up with a bangers term right now for these? Because I can't be asked to have a conversation about what is a roguelike and what is a roguelite. My favourite... Um... My favourite term that's bounced around is procedural death labyrinth. Procedural death. That's good. <laughs> uh, that's not an original thing at all that I've come. That is a thing that other people have come up with that I think is fine. Well, let's workshop it. I like either rogi or a roger. I like things like that. Rogi is my favourite because it sounds cute. What would like a, a naff 1950s British comic call it? Like the Beano? Maybe a roger? Okay, it's a rogo. It's a rogo. Well, Ziggurat is a rogo. Shall we briefly define a rogo? Uh, uh, you you can do it. <laughs> so a rogo um, is a game that's sort of inspired by the 1980s ASCII game um, Rogue, which is an RPG in which you do runs trying to defeat a dungeon which is mainly procedurally generated and which has some kind of permadeath. There was an entire school of thought behind this. Is the, the Berlin interpretation of what a roguelike should be. There are people who argue to the death about this. We were talking about it earlier and my contempt for this is the same of people who argue about whether Pringles are a crisp and whether Baby Bell is a cheese. I really don't care what a rogue like or like is. Like I, the genre definition to me is... It just feels pointless because there are so many different permutations and there are so many different flavours that it feels just completely moribund. No game that we're going to cover on this podcast is a pure roguelike, so I don't think we need to go beyond that definition this is a rogo all the games we cover that will go into this genre are a rogo right now which is hard for me to say because i'm from yorkshire and o's are hard for me (laughs) so in ziggurat you are chucked into a dungeon there's a series of levels that are basically just skins uh, they're called things like the cathedral of despair <laughs> these aren't the actual names that's just the sort of thing they're called the rooms are connected on cardinal directions normally you go from room to room and each in each room there is a challenge which is normally a combat arena but it's sometimes a jumping puzzle or a timing based trap puzzle the main criticism for me is like once you've played a flaw of Ziggurat, you know everything that this game has to offer. Most flaws are just like a series of boxy arenas with copy-paste designs. Some rooms have challenges like double damage or dead enemies turn into carrots, but these are trivial or at worst frustrating. Like for me, any time where I'm forced to jump to shoot the enemy, I just restart. There's limited amount of differentiation aside from some like enemy varieties the further you go 
and it kind of makes the game feel like a drag, even though the game doesn't last for very long, but it feels like it goes on forever sometimes. The main problems that I have with it is a lack of enemy variety. There aren't that many enemies. There's a fair few, but there's a few that are redundant, and they never act in like particularly interesting ways. They don't gel together, do they? Like they're so hit and miss. Like their aesthetics are weird as well. You've got like these weird, scary banshee ladies and undead stuff that's like flying around, and it all it matches this like undead gothic aesthetic. And it's like okay, cool. And then you've got these carrots with legs that are running around, and these fearless dog flamingo things that are spewing acid everywhere and it it never really seems to have like a cohesive design aesthetic for the creatures um which is a place that it does suffer in comparison to the game we're going to continuously bring up binding of isaac yeah which has a very very strong art direction even though the enemies in binding of isaac are rarely that varied in their gameplay function they look cohesive and they look interesting yeah i think that's that is a that is the word interesting nothing in nothing you face in ziggurat is interesting the boss monsters aren't interesting some of them are just bigger versions of regular monsters most of them are bigger versions of regular monsters yeah that's fair i thought some of the enemies in the last level got moderately interesting yeah that feels more tweaked because there is a definite final boss and he is possibly it is possibly one of the more interesting enemies and possibly the most interesting fight of the game however that's a tall ask for someone to run the entire game and get to it before they're intrigued. Like, I was kind of bored. Like you know, The moment-to-moment gunplay and the wand play for a ziggurat... <laughs> wand play. It's very adult. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's good. It's really good, actually. And it makes you enjoy playing it. Like, it's fun, it's fast-paced, it's, it's very skill-based as well. The enemies don't have like, hit-scan attacks that you can dodge and weave through them. But if you're good at the game... If you're good at shooters, you can just breeze through this game like really, really easily. If you have any skill in first-person shooters or bullet hell games, you'll kind of get bored of this game quite quickly because after the initial run, you're like, okay, I know everything these enemies are going to do to me. I can dodge most of it because I'm really fast and they're really slow. So now, now what do I do? I think it's time for Rooty Tooty Point and Shooty. Rooty Tooty Point and Shooty. James, what are the guns like in Ziggurat? Uh, six guns. Mm. Um, however, that's that's me being a bit facetious, because uh, there's quite a few different guns. So you have four weapon slots. You do. You have your wand that you always start with, and it's determined by the character you have. And it has infinite ammo as well. Your wand always has infinite ammo. Well, it's it's got a limited amount of ammo that regenerates. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. Yeah, you've got your spell book. Yeah. I felt that the spell book almost always felt like a shotgun. I only ever got three of the 
ten possible spell books. Yeah, your spell book is the shotgun option. All the weapons have their own mana pool as well, so they all have their own ammo source. So you've got a spell book ammo, you've got stave ammo. Yep. And you've got alchemic items that has its own ammo. All of the interesting weapons are alchemic items. So you have wands, books, staffs, and alchemic items. There's, as far as I can tell, I had I had four staffs in my game. And as far as I, tell, I can tell, they vary between two different types of staff. Mm-hmm. They vary between staffs that are a rapid fire with some kind of spread. Mm-hmm. And a rapid fire that's a beam. Yeah, and they sometimes they have differing values, as all the weapons do. Like I got a staff which bounced all of the attacks, all of the beams that I fired from it. They uh, bounced around and hit multiple enemies. So there is a tiny bit of variation, but what it basically comes down to is your wand is your rapid fire pistol, your term is a shotgun. Your staff is a machine gun, and your alchemical weapons are your explosives. Like you, you have to unlock them by doing multiple runs. All these weapons. Mm-hmm. So by default, you'll have the first two characters. They either have an energy wand that's just like pure damage, or they have a frost wand that is slightly less damage, but it has a chance to stun basically. Mm-hmm. And then you get various other ones that have slightly different ones. And there's one character who's particularly good at ones. Kras the novice. Can I be really honest with you? Right. As soon as I unlocked Kras the novice, who you unlock after you unlock her after killing two hundred minions with your wand, I never really used any of the other weapons because it was pointless. Kras the Novice has really good damage with the wand, the basic wand, which has infinite ammo on recharge. I didn't, even though I was unlocking the other items, I managed to run around five times, five complete runs with Kras just using the wand. I didn't feel it necessary to use any other item. I nearly did the same thing. Um, I unlocked Kraz, I think, on my third or fourth run. Um, and that was when I messaged you saying that I was getting really annoyed with the game. Um, and then I had a fairly good run as Kraz. And in this, I unlocked the other kind of alchemic item, which is the guns. And I actually liked the guns. So I... This is kind of a bit shooter theory-ish. One of the easiest ways to make your weapons feel satisfying is to basically make them fairly power, fairly high damage single shot weapons. Yeah. And that's what the guns are. Yeah, I suppose so. The wand has they all have alternate fire as well. The wand has yeah. much like devil daggers, you hold down your click and you spray your fire. If you right click, then you can uh, just do like a blast, like a shotgun blast with the wand. So, I ne- I always felt like I had everything I needed with the wand. But that's maybe because of the character that I was playing as. I do think the spells and the guns, they do feel okay in Ziggurat. But 
I just personally never felt that I needed to use them. I'd unlocked a character who could do so much and with so little. Why would I... I'd be adding challenge onto it myself. Like the game would not be... isn't giving me enough challenge. Rooty tooty, point and shooty. As you're going through a run, you level up by collecting crystals. When you level up, you get to pick a pack. Which is usually like more mana, more health, refill health, etc, etc. The progression packs don't feel that inspired. There's, there's some way you get to roll the dice and it lets you gamble for a health or mana refill versus potential death. But if you're low on mana, then you just have your wand that has infinite ammo anyway. And that does the trick for most rooms. And if you're low on health, then you might as well just restart the run because you might die anywhere when you roll the dice with death. I think this game has a structural flaw with how it presents the perks to you. Mm -hmm. Which is that, like Binding of Isaac... When you do a run, even if you fail, you unlock some more perks that can appear in... You randomly draw perks when you level up. So you randomly draw two. And you can get some more that you can get from sacrifices in certain rooms of the game. So you can sacrifice health or mana to get what is basically a perk. Yeah. Sometimes it's a temporary perk, sometimes it's a permanent perk. The problem is, all the perks you start with are really boring <laughs> all of the perks that are interesting are unlocks if you compare this game to other rogos i never feel like any of my runs are different in binding of isaac like the characters become mutated the power set starts interacting weird and interesting ways but in ziggurat you don't really get anywhere near that you just have passive abilities that upgrade. You have to spend a long time unlocking everything to even get a semblance of what Binding of Isaac does. And even the unlockable characters don't feel any different. And some of them are just nerfed versions of the other ones. Like, the first unlockable character you're going to get is Kaz. And she's kind of like, she looks kind of like, in her portrait, like Ang from um, Last Airbender. And she is just far and wide a lot better than a lot of the other characters. So I'm unlocking other characters that, okay, they move fast, but their mana pools are terrible. And I'm good enough at first-person shooters that that increase in speed doesn't necessarily give me anything. I don't know, it just, it all felt a bit pointless like upgrades aren't exciting in the least in my opinion yeah. none of the upgrades are exciting well I, I think there were some some that i unlocked in the couple of runs before i put it down uh, before i eventually finished it that were quite interesting like there were sacrifice things to get a, a weird invulnerability or every time you do a thing you gain invulnerability for a few seconds so you gain some invulnerability frames and that makes you play in a different way or you have infinite mana until you get hit which makes you a lot more cautious early on in an encounter but 
I didn't unlock those until I'd done a quite a few runs, so most of my runs went this way. I'd alternate between upgrading either my health or mana, or upgrading the rate at which I got XP. And those are all three of those are really boring. They're not interesting upgrades. Yeah, and even the upgrades you mentioned, they're still very passive. Like, okay, I have infinite mana until I get hit. Well, my wand has infinite mana anyway, technically. Even when you get hit, okay, I'm probably going to have enough mana to get through to the boss. Nothing feels meaningful. It doesn't feel... The gameplay, again, feels great. Like, shooting in this game is cool. It does take fucking forever sometimes in some of the rooms to get from one end to the other when there's just one enemy left. So one, I think, the thing you just mentioned, which is that sometimes you can be in a room, the enemy's on the other side, the room is really big and you move quite slowly towards them, and they're not necessarily coming towards you at any pace. Uh, And the second one is, I think, some of the enemies should have half the amount of health and do twice the damage. The problem I have is that the enemies take too long to die and they don't do enough damage to you. So you can often get into a situation where you're you're fighting a bunch of enemies. They don't actually pose you any threat, but it's going to take you a couple of minutes to get them down. Yeah, and you end up expending resource on something that isn't a challenge. Yeah. But and you can't leave the room because you're locked in. The upgrades that I think are reasonably impactful is the amulets. Did you get any amulets? I don't know if I did. I don't think the amulets should have been an item drop. I think they should have been moved into the upgrades. Because mm-hmm. I got a bunch of amulets. Um, the, my favourite amulet was the Amazon amulet, which doubles the staff fire rate. Which turns staffs from something I never use to my go-to thing if I need to burn down an enemy with quite a bit of health really, really fast. But isn't that just fixing the poor design of the initial staff? Sort of, but I, I think that that upgrade has a place even if you fix the poor design of the weapons. Yeah, I suppose in a different game, but in this game, yeah, you, you weren't using that weapon because you didn't like it initially, and now this upgrade comes in and you're like, okay, now it's worth my yeah. time. But I think that should have been rolled into the the level up system because I think if it was something that you were more likely to pick from your deck, that's something that would be an interesting choice. And there's there's other active abilities like there's the frozen one that just freezes all the enemies in place. It lets you kind of work out cool combos. There's one that heals you that I got. Those are where the interesting upgrades ended up being and you're not guaranteed to get even one on any particular run. And I'd still argue those aren't interesting when you look at the rest of the Ruger gallery. They're not interesting compared to some of the things that you'll find in Binding of Isaac. James, did you like Ziggurat? See, if you'd asked me on Saturday, uh, so two days ago, if you asked me two days ago, I'd have said no. Mm. but I quite liked my time with it yesterday I actually had quite a good time with it I had a few runs that just 
the upgrades that I got and the flow that I got into I actually had quite a good time with it so I've come out with a sort of cautious a cautious maybe a cautious maybe I didn't like it <laughs> I, I, I like playing I like playing it but I wish it was something more like I really wish there was something more to it the moment-to-moment gameplay is enjoyable, but it quickly becomes like, okay, the shooting's good, but what now? And I'm just not... I'm not invested. I can't become invested. And there are so many other rogues that are better in progression, better in teaching the game, better in just keeping me in there like one of my favorite games of all time is spelunky just the the vast amount of different things you can do in there the different ways things interact with each other it's it's absolutely incredible but ziggurat does nothing it feels very 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 basic like exceptionally basic and i was talking to someone uh, today about it and they said do you think it would be better if it was available on a nintendo switch and you just drop in drop out no. There are a fantastic array of rogues on Nintendo Switch. Like, so many good rogues. Shall we mention some? Yeah, of course. Binding of Isaac is one. Crypt of the Necrodancer. Wizards of Legend. Dead Cells. Rogue Legacy. So many great games. I cut this... Ziggurat just doesn't really fit into that world. It, it isn't interesting enough. And I hate saying that, but it just isn't interesting enough. Ziggurat is the kind of game that I wanted to make the podcast for. It is a mid-70s game. It doesn't have a lot of traction. like, And it was released on a lot of uh, platforms. It's got a fairly, fairly uh, comprehensive and active wiki. Yeah. But it didn't necessarily set the world on fire. And I don't think it set our world on fire. I I think I'm a lot more negative about it than James is. I think you could do a lot worse than Ziggurat. Yes. But you could do a lot better both on the arena shooter side by getting Devil Daggers. And on the Rogo side by getting... Crypt of the Necrodancer, Binding of Isaac, Spelunky, Dead Cells. Even things like Tower of Guns and Mother Gungeon. Enter the Gungeon. Enter the Gungeon. Oh, so many great games. But we all have also kind of fucked ourselves over with Devil Daggers. <laughs> yes, I think we would have been a lot more positive if we'd played this before Devil Daggers. Devil Daggers which I said I didn't like. I've been proved a prick because I have played it quite a lot since we reviewed it. And I I just think it's brilliant. And it is it is this experience of going into a going into an arena and shooting stuff and having a great time distilled down to its core, but it keeps you coming back. And Ziggurat I I only kept playing Ziggurat because I wanted to talk about it on the podcast. 
I don't think I'll be playing Ziggurat again. I probably won't be going back to Ziggurat. I don't think Ziggurat is going to uh, going to be played again. Milkstone Studios, they're a tiny team. Like they're there's only five of them. So is it a bit harsh to be this harsh? Possibly, but we can't it can't be in a vacuum as to what the team size is. It has to be how we feel about it. Well, Xanadu was a two person team. I mean that was great. Uh this maybe is a little bit more ambitious than Spirits of Xanadu, but I, I absolutely loved Spirits of Xanadu. I'd love them to take the mechanics, the first-person shooting mechanics of Ziggurat and create a heretic Hexen successor in the modern day, and I think that would be absolutely incredible. I absolutely adore that, but this isn't it. This is a pretty shallow roger, in my opinion. I've gone to Agent Carter the Butchers. Agent Carter's back. He went on holiday last week. <laughs> what kind of sausage is he is he trying to uh, sell us? I think he's talking a big game this week. He's seen what's popular around the other butchers, and he wants to serve up his own kind of uh, his own kind of sausage. The problem Agent Carter is going to have with this sausage is that he's trying to take on a recipe he doesn't fully understand. He hasn't fully internalised what this recipe is, and therefore he's just going to come up with something average and misunderstood. It's a perfectly serviceable sausage, but it's uh, it would do well to have been more sausage. Could have taken longer in the oven. Thank you for listening to Bangers. You can contact us at BangersPod on Twitter or bangerspodcast at gmail.com. Bye! mentions so how many honorable mentions am i allowed let's go three okay so i'm going to cheat here okay (laughs) okay uh number three is any lizard man character who is a wizard from warhammer whose name is some kind of pun (laughs) brilliant so we've got tic-tac-toke nice and we've got Venerable Lord Croak. Venerable Lord Croak, I think, is one of my favourites. Um, and there's a few others that they're in, in that vein of. Um, I think in Total War Warhammer, there's one called "You Cannot Do That." <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> who is like your? He's the advisor who comes up in the corner and tells you how to like do things. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um. Uh, number two is any other Discworld wizard. So you've got like the Dean and Arch Chancellor Ridcully. A lot Rince of Discworld Wind. love. I can I can appreciate that. Um, and then number one for honourable mentions is a character that I actually think is really really lame. Right. But it makes me happy anyway because it reminds me of like being twelve and reading lame Forgotten Realms fantasy books. Okay. That's Elminster. Oh, God.
<laughs> who is like he's really really lame he is very yeah. lame he makes me happy in the way that chicken nuggets make me happy he makes you happy in that way that link when Linkin Park comes on the radio you're like yeah childhood yeah. <laughs> exactly that 